I'm Maddie. I'm drinking water. I'm Ryan. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the Mutant Ages. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men in semi-chronological order. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power growing us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the some animated adaptations of the x-men and then some live action ones and then now we're back to season two of the animated series yeah we kind of took a little break we took a little break from the first season of the animated series to watch the first x-men film which was really nice to watch again but it definitely took us like three hours to do that (laughs) yeah you should go back and check out last week's episode if you haven't it's pretty good it's pretty good it's good stuff you know what else is good stuff is season two of x-men the animated series get that's ready right. are you ready what, i'm totally ready i watched the first episode which is called till death do us part that's part not goth one. enough i know okay i was enough. writing it's that also down like a wedding reference because this episode <laughs> is all about a wedding well sort of but also i like how it's like till death do us part part, part one. one it looks so <laughs> it, awkward. it's literally something i would probably have written in like one of my stupid high school fan fictions where it just says like part 13 times instead of a title <laughs> yeah. but in this episode a lot of shit happens like a lot of shit and there's a yeah, lot of it that's I had to like keep pausing it me Classic too maddie and ryan pausing it to write down what happens like every two minutes you know it's also kind of dark but then at other times it's like massively silly it goes from extremes being dark to like really hilarious yeah i mean this is still like best of x-men the animated series where you've got like really dark concepts and then all of a sudden there's like somebody being really goofy it's very similar to the pilot actually like that's that's how i felt when i finished watching it it was just like but i'm not going to give anything away specifically but it kind of winds up with another well, we're X-Men. about to give everything away yeah like, all right. everything wait spoilers so I guess go ahead and X-Men. go watch the episode if you don't already want like a massive spoiler all right i think we've spoiled this previously on our show but guys morph comes back he comes back i think we stated that like when he died we're like don't worry he comes back if you happen to like him yeah we've spoiled the (laughs) shit out of this entire show i don't know why we do that but we do that um so previously on the x-men there's this whole montage of like everything that happened in season one which is what what happened in season one uh you know a bunch of sentinels showed up and tried to kill the x-men jubilee's an adorable asian american teenage girl who enlists with the x-men and they conquer the sentinels wolverine's clothes get ripped off and that's that oh you didn't mention that really important scene where wolverine went to like alaska that wasn't in the previously on so we don't have to acknowledge that it ever occurred <laughs> those were the only things that were in the previously what about that on. juggernaut versus colossus episode also not in the previously on oh so, okay okay again, no worries 
All right. Well, so basically. Oh, also Senator Kelly exists. And yeah, Senator dead. Kelly was running for president, and mm-hmm. he was anti-mutants. And then at the end of it, after he was saved by mutants, like repeatedly, he was like, maybe mutants and aren't so bad. And after the Sentinel program, like went totally awry. Right. And the got, Sentinels were the board. All the Sentinels became self-aware. And all after all that stuff happened, Senator Kelly was like, maybe I should respect these mutants. And yeah. things really turned around for him. And he like released Beast from jail. Mm-hmm. And then he said that he was pro-mutants. So he went from like, the far right to the far left, like within seconds. Yeah, it's that's how it works, right? Realistic, but that's apparently how the show thinks. That <laughs> you know, works. it's got to go fast. It, it's got to hit a lot of plot beats in a very short period of time. So yeah. So anyway, then we see the awesome intro, and then we we start up on Cyclops walking through this smoky ravine, and we're like, "Ooh, where we're like, is he? Ooh, shit! Cyclops is going goth." Yeah, again. and then Wolverine shows up, and he's wearing a tuxedo with like magenta accents yeah because wolverine's going to get married to cyclops that's what this is in the in except the dark. he's really mad about it there's there's trouble in paradise between wolverine and cyclops <laughs> because they start railing on each other just beating the shit out of each other and like throwing these stone columns at each other but except then we see sort of like a flash not a flashback but like a simultaneous scene that's happening that is cyclops and gene's wedding it's cutting between wolverine fighting supposedly cyclops and then gene and scott getting married with like all the x-men there yeah and it keeps cutting back and forth between these two scenes which i guess are happening at the same time like it it's not revealed until later but basically logan just straight up didn't go to their wedding and just created like a version of scott to fight in the danger room by himself for like, like while hours. gene is getting married to Cyclops. but also he put on his entire tuxedo so he was like intending on going but apparently got pissed off and it's not like he was wearing a tuxedo by the end of the fight because he gets it like all ripped off yeah of him. it gets completely ripped apart and the cyclops that he's fighting is actually like a robot that i guess he built to look like cyclops like i don't really understand <laughs> well that i guess part. they, they have their cyclops robots fucking... on like back order within the oh, danger maybe. room maybe they just all enjoy fighting each other and then this huge sentinel shows up and the sentinel is like also cyclops like it has a cyclops head and it yeah. like shoots eye beams at him and See, so he's fighting like a huge cyclops and tearing I just his clothes assumed off assumed that like they don't have the robots strictly for fighting they also have the robots strictly for fucking yeah i mean this entire thing reminded me a lot of like like the Star Trek, like everybody goes and creates a fictional version of the world where their friends are there and they're all like part of a Shakespeare play or whatever. <laughs> this reminded me a lot of those episodes. Yeah, it reminded me of that too. And then also, well, first he screams, you can't have her. And then it yes. cuts back to like the It's made wedding. very clear that this is like a lover's quarrel over Gene. Right. Blah, blah. Because we we didn't we weren't expecting that at all. It was just out of the left field. No, I actually thought that it was just going to be a fight over the fact that Cyclops is marrying Gene and not Logan. Yeah, that's what I figured it was too. But they do actually clarify that that's not what it is. Well, they clarify that because Gene comes running in later. She's like, "Oh, where were you? Oh, where were you, Logan?" That's way later. (laughs) Yeah. Well, first at the wedding, they get they get married, and Cyclops is talking to the Reverend, and he's like. Hey, go, are you going to stick around? And he's like, no, child, I'm going to leave. And so he does. And then, but like, before that happens, Gene has like a little mind moment of like sensing that Logan is in trouble. Oh my God. But then, like, doesn't do anything. No, it doesn't matter. No, it. it's because he, she has a little mind moment. She's like, Logan, 
are you all right? But then turns around and Gambit's like, time to make out with you. And we're like, what yeah, is Gambit happening? Is like... He's like, where I'm from, we kiss all the brides. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then he turns around and he goes, and we kiss the bridesmaids too. And Rogue he tries says to something make a funny. pass at Rogue and Rogue is like not having it. I don't know how he thought that was going to go. Because I don't know. Like... She just goes, this ain't Cajun country. Zip them lips. That's what she says. It's pretty cute. But I, I mean, I guess me saying like why doesn't gambit realize that he shouldn't kiss rogue is an important plot point that will come up in a few minutes yeah so i don't know why Jean doesn't bother to go check on logan but she doesn't bother instead she like rushes to cyclops and is like this is the happiest day of my life i know she like, literally shouts that logan to everyone your wedding like two seconds ago suddenly you don't give a shit anyway meanwhile you're right the reverend is acting really ominous and he's like quoting a robert frost poem as he oh, dramatically he walks i didn't even know that i think he was just talking i was like dude make this guy shut up no he's quoting a poem stopping by the woods on a snow evening oh. it's a poem i don't know why he would be quoting that poem well, clearly but that's not. what he's quoting i looked it up because i knew it was familiar and then i was like oh right high school english i was kind of surprised that this character turned out to be morph as opposed to like beast somehow but i thought it was gonna morph be mystique also... it would have made make way more I sense i guess i could see mystique. mystique quoting some poetry but anyway it's morph and yep. he's like wandering through the woods by himself why was he the reverend at their wedding Just i don't know he was like being really emo and being like fuck you guys i mean where I'm where's the real reverend wedding, is the question like did he kidnap him and like tie him up somewhere like i don't know I what's mean, going I guess on so this entire episode is zombie morph being really petty oh yeah we should probably mention that he looks like a zombie like he, he does. literally does not look like morph anymore he's got like zombie Intense eyes eyeliner. he's got wounds he's <laughs> yeah. like it looks like he hasn't eaten in like 45 days mm-hmm. and he's like sitting there and he's like i'll get my revenge on you for betraying me and leaving me to die you x-men ah! yeah he's so, having a tough time but we don't really get why and it's well, actually not explained within the scope of this episode what's what his deal is but no but let's assume it happens in part two so then it goes on over to senator kelly who is apparently president now i don't yeah, remember that getting happening sworn in the show in? Yeah. What happened to the other president? Where is she? I guess her term ended and also there was an entire election and also like no Like time none passed. of it was covered on this show whatsoever. Like that would take months to happen and like <laughs> none of it happened. Like apparently we just experienced all of election season and then also the holidays and now it's January and Senator Kelly is getting sworn in as president. Right. I don't and know. He's basically standing there being like, I will protect mutants and humans alike and it's going to be really great, and nothing's going to go wrong with this. We're changing my entire Yeah, like the entire completely. platform that I ran on is out the window. But thanks for voting for me, everybody. Bye. Yeah, this is when it starts getting eerily a lot like 2017, and it's kind of gets scary. So, Except not, because nobody who was elected in 2017 suddenly changed their entire that platform. That is true. That is true. But nothing that is also... That would have been kind of cool. But everything else about this episode, yes. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, Okay. So anyway, um, back to the wedding. Then after that, it goes back to the wedding, and Jean's throwing her bouquet. I and I, I laughed this because kind of funny, like the girls like all daring each other not to use their powers. Okay, Jubilee's the flower girl, and she's still uh, why wearing, is like, Jubilee wearing that dress? I don't know. It's so weird. It's so weird, but she still has her huge sunglasses on. <laughs> she just like still <laughs> looks punk rock, even though she's wearing this like really pink 
outfit i mean this is like another episode where i really enjoyed jubilee so you know this is also like in in keeping with the theme of the episode which is jubilee wanting to be taken more seriously and seem more adult so she's trying to be like the other girls and catch the bouquet even though that doesn't really seem like it would be her thing right i think she's she's just doing it because all the other adult women are doing it and she's like she wants to be cool i mean if you're a teenage girl i think you'd want to go and catch the bouquet at a wedding like yeah definitely and i I think like storm or rogue or somebody is like aren't you a little young to be doing this and she's like whatever and that's like a part of the theme well it was kind of a response to jubilee telling rogue not to fly and catch it which is fair because rogue totally mm-hmm. would do that well <laughs> she'd be like, do that she would They're catch it she'd fly respectful. up she's like oops these just landed in my arms midair <laughs> about 10 feet above everyone oh hey sugar <laughs> she i was actually expecting rogue to catch it but she doesn't catch it for no, some instead, reason it just lands on top of beast and and then this absurd conversation happens where gene just goes if you're getting married next we'll have to start calling you mr mccoy and i was like what does that mean i think it's just a joke isn't about, he already called mr mccoy like i mean they call him hank i don't know i think also it's isn't just he like a, a doctor what joke? happened to dr mccoy nope he'll be married and his doctor will disappear <laughs> that's how it works Oh my I, god. Yeah, I don't know. I think it it's a really strange bit of dialogue. It um, is. I think Beast recites a whole bunch of poetry there and I I've gotten to the point where I stopped looking it up and I just don't care. It's <laughs> I think it's Shakespeare. Um and then he I think gives a little explanation of how he got out of jail. Like more right. of an explanation than we had before where he's right. like uh, says that senator kelly paid for his bail and then now that he's president he can issue a presidential pardon so it's like the show answered the question that we had in season one where we were like wait a second well i guess the president could pardon beast and they were like done senator kelly's the president (laughs) (laughs) well i I think at the end of the last season they also said senator kelly specifically yeah i know i know because apparently he paid beast's bail but didn't pardon him until this episode so like his day one action as president was pardoning beast so senator kelly is or president kelly is like pretty devoted to the mutant cause now right uh so then it goes to president kelly who's giving a speech about like you know whatever he's like i'm the president now everything's great and nothing's gonna go wrong but then Graydon creed who we don't even get his name in this episode but he does walk in and he's wearing his he little... does say his name on, oh, on the phone he's like this is creed oh, stage yeah. one bitches. that's right i, I didn't even, i forgot <laughs> that he like had a phone call where he's talking to somebody getting into a costume yeah and he's wearing his little friends of humanity pin and for an explanation of who the friends of humanity are they are an anti-mutant group like terrorist group that are I don't even want to relate it to 2017, but just turn on the news and that's the Friends of Humanity. They're kind of like the KKK or the way that neo-Nazis are now. Yes, it's very neo-Nazi, very KKK. And his name is Creed, which is the last name that Sabretooth also has. And we'll get to that at some point, but not today. Um, They're married. They are. They're married because everyone's, (laughs) Sabretooth is everyone's dad and he's also like fucking them and married (laughs) to them. (laughs) <laughs> anyway and then he screams happy um, birthday while orgasming so um, well that's just how Sabretooth wishes his colleagues happy he birthday. just doesn't know anyway, he's an animal he doesn't know anything else we see this guy putting on a costume like this green costume with it's this like crazy clearly wig. from like the halloween outlet yeah it looks really goofy and this guy is like basically a hired goon that, that creed hired to crash this press conference and make mutants look bad yeah. so he just shows up and starts like wreaking havoc essentially also there's all these other demonstrators there who are like anti-mutant demonstrators and they instantly start attacking uh the president 
and being like he's a mutant lover and he's trying to save mutants and it's just like a crazy scene it yeah, all lasts like we, two seconds right and creating creed <laughs> scream something like you were supposed to protect us against mutants and then like mm-hmm. eventually the guy after he destroys i don't know this one dude who has no superpowers comes and literally terrorizes the entire room to the point where like everything is destroyed then smashes out a window and leaves yeah like he doesn't have powers right like who is that guy he's just, just like a random dude. guy wearing a green costume and like throwing things and everybody's dude like any halloween outlet costume like he went to fucking like eye party and he's like this looks good did like 12 shots of whiskeys and then ran into this room yeah and for some reason everybody's terrified by that and it doesn't help that there's all these anti-mutant demonstrators there who are also screaming at the president to like stop what's happening and yeah. everything and they're just like screaming for fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyway um, so then it goes then, over back to uh wolverine in the danger room which is like yeah. i laughed at all of this because it reminded me of that other episode where like she was like sexually standing in the doorway she's like i gotta it's go so logan fucking over dramatic she walks in in her full wedding dress and veil and is like standing in the doorway like hello logan remember me yeah, remember my she- wedding <laughs> that you didn't come to and logan is like oh hey gene i'm I'm sorry, I guess I lost track of time. I was just beating up these surrogate robots of your husband. And she was like, it'll never be, there'll never be anything between us, Logan. But also I came here in my wedding dress for some reason to torture you. And you know, then Logan's like, like I, I still have feelings. And she's like, no, Shut I have up, to get Logan. on a plane. <laughs> I have to get on a plane. I'm sorry, Logan. Oh, but I do like how this whole conversation started because he was like on the ground half naked and he goes, Oh, I must have hit my head or something because these holograms are starting to smell good. Yeah, and then he turns around and it's Gene standing there. And Gene's just like standing there, be like, "Hello, Logan. <laughs> Hello." <laughs> Hello. I could like, be wearing this wedding dress for you, but I'm not because I married someone else. Anyway, hi. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't. I, you know, this is like one of the incarnations of Jean that I don't like is like on this show I for know. some reason because she's kind of dumb. I don't know dumb. why she's like this. She's like kind of dumb and like like weirdly leading Logan on and like clearly into him. You know, I like know. there's like no way that she's not into him by doing this kind right. of thing. Right, but then, then smash cut to Wolverine's other boyfriend, Morph, who is <laughs> oh like God. freaking out on his bed. And he's like, why did they abandon me? Why did they leave me to die? And then it does like, and I wrote good question more because I actually don't have the answer as to why they all just fucking either. left him there. But we yeah, did see him actually get. Especially once we see the flashback, which, which is, is like the first them time we've ever Sentinels. seen him die in the original season. We didn't see that, but now we see him get shot. But I guess since we know he's alive, we can show him like potentially dying. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know I mean, how the it's logistics were there. Like he gets shot by a bunch of sentinel beams and like all the X-Men suddenly disappear into thin air and Morph is just lying on the ground. But don't worry, because then it turns out that Mr. Sinister was there all along because we see him like walk up and like laugh. <laughs> and I I died because I was like, this confirms our theory that Mr. Sinister has been videotaping them from the bushes all along because we already found out that he's been videotaping Scott and Gene all along. So all this mysterious footage everyone keeps get keeps getting is like Mr. Sinister like putting up like on like royalty free of the x-men like he just sits in the bushes or courts people he's just been quietly sending those videos to like every other antagonist so like, that everybody has doing? the same footage of it like he's just trying to like make sure that all the other villains of x-men the animated series have access to like the sentinel footage because like the morlocks have it and like that other random security guard at genosha has it like everybody has the exact same footage and they all got it from mr like, sinister. mr sinister is just wild like really giving he's just away mailing videos. Tapes to like, I know, just to like 
stir up a commotion to make everybody fight each other i guess because like he's sending it to I all mean, sides is that actually explained because i feel like that makes sense like that it is does now because we know do. that from the flashback at the end of this episode he was like still watching he's them on a little like, tv videos yeah he does it at the I end of the episode too he's got like eight know, tv screens and he can like control uh, them by like touching them i don't know um, I feel like the season finale of the show, we've just forgotten it, but it's actually like Mr. Sinister turning to the camera and being like, did you like my show? And we're like... <laughs> Wait, but that is what happened. That's not an exaggeration. Like, it was literally him watching them the entire season. I mean, basically. Oh anyway. my God. So then Morph's freaking out and he like shifts into all the X-Men and monologues about how he'll take each one of them out. It's weird that he's so mad, but I guess the reason is because Mr. Sinister has like kind of brainwashed him and he's like freaking out here. Well, he's we like don't not know himself that and we, keep, we can well, assume we could we could assume that you're right. Spoiler. All right. <laughs> it's spoilers of like some really obvious shit. But then things are about to get really heavy because the Friends of Humanity have cornered like this Sasquatch looking dude and they're like, we're going to fucking kill yeah. you. It cuts away as we see them get come of towards Does that guy weapons. die? Like, I'm we assuming don't see so because nobody shows up. Like that's just the end of that. And Great and Creed's just standing there smiling. And then smiling. like a couple other mutants showed up. There's these other two mutants who were from the Morlock episode, I think. Or at least I know that girl mutant is. Oh yeah, yeah. The, well, like, I made a note about girl. that. They have this sequence here where the Friends of Humanity are chasing after these that that girl that you're thinking of from the Morlock episode. Um you remember how I was talking about how in the comics the Morlock massacre happened? Where yeah, of... I was wondering if we were like gonna get into that in this episode. I mean, but... it kind of set it up where it was the same story a little bit, where like those two mutants were trying to get away from the Marauders who were attacking them. But in this, it was the Friends of Humanity, and the Friends of Humanity don't follow them into the sewers like the Marauders did. So right, like these two mutants kind of get away at least briefly. But right, then... or as, as far as we know. But you know what else is crazy about the fucking Friends of Humanity in this is that they're not just like. They're like anti-mutant, but they're also like driving around throwing literal hand grenades just at random buildings. Yeah, they buildings. have weapons. I mean, honestly, like watching this episode just literally made me think about the news. Like, I, me it's... too. That was my reaction. I was like, this is a little too too real. I feel like us watching X-Men right now, like this iteration of X-Men has been pretty much all straight through, like just reminded us of everything that's happening I know, in 2017. It's, it's... I feel like I feel like if I watched this five years ago, I would probably feel pretty differently about the show. And I'd be like, this is a little much, you know, like I'd be like, really, these guys ganging up on this mutant in the street and killing him like, OK, show. All right. Oh, I know. But I like know. watching it now, I'm like, oh, this is just like depicting hate. It, crimes. it actually gets explained pretty well because it cuts back to the X mansion and Jubilee's watching the news and she's pissed. She's like, I don't understand. I thought things were going to get better now that like Senator Kelly, like is now on our side and he's yeah. also the president but you know and that's a, that is a very teenage way of looking at it but then xavier kind of explains for once he actually does a good job explaining something I, for the yeah, first I time agree. in this entire show don't worry he's, he's gonna not explain some other stuff later oh i know he gets super vague about other bullshit that has to do with his boyfriend <laughs> i but, know but for the moment he actually gives her a real answer and is yeah. explaining how senator kelly's supporters are disappointed that he switched sides and even though now he's the president there's this huge backlash against him like all of his supporters would essentially riot and be like we're gonna arm ourselves and like kill mutants in the streets because it turns out we're still bigots and we still <laughs> want mutants to die and like they voted for a guy who was going to impose concentration camps and like send robots in that. the streets to kill mutants and like kill anybody who supported mutants and so now they're not getting those concentration camps anymore but they're still basically nazis so they're still so going to try to kill rebelling. people yeah. yeah 
Anyway, Xavier doesn't say all that, but he basically explains that in so many words. Like, right. and just then because like, Storm Senator sort Kelly of, like, changed his out. mind doesn't yeah. mean that like other people haven't changed their minds. And Storm has some good quotes too, where she's talking about how they have to stand up to the dissenters. Right. And being like, if we don't, they'll grow and many could perish. People could people could die is basically what she's saying. And yeah. I thought that was cool, too, that the show just directly is like, you have to actually stop people from trying to kill marginalized people in the streets. Like, you have to actually go and fight them. Like, this show takes that stance. I know. Which is kind of cool. I, I mean, I kind of like that. I also like Storm on this show. I, I really amazing. do. I think they do a good job with her in this. I like um, that she's worry. the one who this, gets this to This serious say that. moment is about to get like <laughs> cut oh off because suddenly Xavier's like wheelchair blinks. He goes, "My private line is calling." And he's just like the wheelchair thing, like it's hover chair, I guess I should say, like moves at jet speed, like into the other room. <laughs> where he takes a calling. private phone call from his boyfriend Magneto on like Skype, like it's like a video call somehow, <laughs> and like yeah, if you remember, I don't this is like 1992. Works. Yeah, like, how was that even possible back then? But anyway, it's like this shitty VHS tape of Magneto, like, <laughs> screaming into a camera and being like, you have to help me. And Xavier's like, where are you? Like, I'll come to you. And he's like, here's the coordinates. And Xavier's like, I'll be there. I see that it's Antarctica. There's nothing weird about that. He's, like, literally covered in flames. And Xavier's like, gotta be in Ant- Antarctica. Meet you there. Like, he just goes to Antarctica with absolutely no questions and doesn't ask anybody else. Like, he doesn't go to the X-Men and be like, hey, I mean, uh, so I got this weird call from Magneto. What do you guys think? And he just fucking leaves. And- <laughs> you know, he really, he doesn't even say anything. He just goes and, like, yeah. that's the end of that. But then it cuts away and it turns out that it was Morph. Of course. Fucking like, of course it's Morph. Who's standing in front of, like, another TV full of flames. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, a I guess I should clarify. It's like it's flames on the TV. Like it's animated flames. Yeah, like and he like, set up like a shitty background for himself yeah. of flames and like basically faked the entire thing like badly. And <laughs> Professor X was instantly fooled by yeah, it. You know, I think Professor X would have like used his psychic powers. Well, he can't. He can't use his powers on Magneto. Yeah, but his helmet was off there. I don't even fucking know. You know what? We're not going to touch that one because we have that question every single time. <laughs> Listen, Xavier is just busy going to Antarctica where I guess nothing happens. Like, I guess he just goes to Antarctica by himself and then nothing is there. Like, I, I don't know. Don't... We will. I guess we're going to find out. This is still Actually, part one. it's probably not. It's probably like another trap because every time Morph sends anybody somewhere on this show, it's a trap or at least He's in this actually... episode. Yeah, th- we're going to get to that part. But And I had to write all that shit down. But he does some like pretty devious shit in this he does he's like really masterminding it so i'm sure there's something in antarctica that i've just forgotten about so anyway um it's probably no maybe we went to alaska to meet all like the people that left oh that finally God, went to go I find this big not. city no other side of the planet the other one <laughs> antarctica the bottom, oh my God. The top uh there's so wolverine and gambit are wolverine playing strip and gambit pool. and beast at a bar just hanging out they're pl- yeah wolverine and gambit are playing strip pool and beast is watching beast is watching without wearing any clothes yeah um, do you love okay but then like this weird like harley quinn lady comes over and she's like <laughs> i think it's the same voice actress doing the same it sounds act. like it she's it doing like exactly a mr like j that. accent she's like oh my god is that are you from the news are you friends with the president and he's <laughs> just like weirdly shy all of a sudden that like a nerdy woman he's is like, talking uh, to him uh, uh, no yes i mean yes i was on uh tv and, and she's Gambus like you must know in. the president <laughs> 
Gambit like tries to be his wingman, which was like actually kind of cute. And yeah. like Gambit's like, yeah, he knows the president. Sure, he's his best friend. I mean, <laughs> like, like I, Gambit's so another character joke. I love on this show. He's pretty oh, great. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because there's like a huge explosion because then the friends of humanity run in and they just like start shooting up the place and throwing more grenades. There's like a lot of yeah, usage of like... Yeah, the friends of humanity straight up try to kill the X-Men. Yeah, here. it's like, like craziness. And like this... they have guns and they just show up and try to kill everybody. And the reason why is soon revealed. Like they're they're being super aggressive in order to incite beast and wolverine and gambit into fighting and it works and like at first it's like this cool scene where i was like cheering for our heroes beating up these fucking neo-nazis essentially i know and we get to see gambit like he's like charging like the pool balls and he gets like a chain that he's whipping around his head like Mm -hmm. it's really cool cool. and you get to see wolverine like ripping off the top of their stupid car and they all run out of it screaming and yeah it's cool i enjoyed all of it because i was like fuck these assholes right but then it turns out that around a trash can because they couldn't i don't know x-men couldn't see past this tiny trash can there's a guy with like a massive video camera yeah remember when people couldn't just film things on their phones and you had to have like a video camera the size of your torso and listen i gotta tell you somebody who had video cameras growing up all the time there was no way to like discreetly take a video back then. oh i know and now you can do it all the time but back then obviously the x-men weren't even thinking to themselves what if somebody's taping us like that isn't like a concern back then really so that was kind of interesting unless they saw like the news there right but they didn't so there are these two guys and they do have a huge camera but obviously like i just understand like why this scene works back then because there's no reason why they would think they were being filmed right right i mean which is like a thing now because it would be all over the social media and oh sure i mean the x-men would have a really tough time getting away with anything these days i know well they don't actually do well wolverine and gambit cause damage but you know beast just takes away one of them their guns he's like did anyone tell you this is dangerous and like that's what they're filming is him picking up this gun and like waving it around yeah, I mean, they don't even hurt these guys. They just kind of, like, threaten them and destroy their guns and stuff. And, right. like, that's kind of nice of them, but whatever. Anyway. And so so the, the Friends of Humanity mostly run away, except the guy filming them. And Beastus has some line where he's like, we should leave because this is not a good place for a, a person with a presidential pardon. Wolverine mm-hmm. says, like, yeah, I got some parking tickets I need to get taken care of, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it turns out that it was totally a conspiracy to set them up, and the video gets sent to the news immediately, and they're fucked. Like, they, they basically are making mutants look bad yet again because they yeah. were set up. Well, but we don't. they don't know that yet because first we go back to the X-Mansion where they're <laughs> where all Xavier listening to this hologram of um, Professor Xavier that's also, like, a voicemail where he's like... I've left to go take care of some business, Antarctica. I'll be back eventually. And Rogue, and, and finally Rogue calls it out too. She says something like, "She's like, this sounds like personal and vague. Like whatever is going on." She kind of makes a comment like, "It might be like a sexual thing." Like yeah. I don't. She says something like, "Sounds like personal business," and I was like, "Right on, Rogue. It is." And she like turns around and like winks at everyone, really obviously. <laughs> Yeah, but then Jubilee runs in and turns on the TV and and sees what I just pointed out, which is that like this tape has been released to the news and everybody's fucked. Yeah, and Wolverine gets pissed off and he's like, they set us up. We need to go take care of them. And Storm is like, whoa, whoa, calm down. If we do anything right now, we're going to be viewed as the enemy because like we're already on TV. So we need to be very logistically careful about how we like figure out who they are. And Wolverine gets all pissed and he's like, climate's in your department, Storm. I'm the one that unmasks people. And yeah. so then he like pushes her aside and like leaves. 
I liked that line because he's like doing a little comeback to her <laughs> referring to a climate of violence. And yeah, he, yeah. So it's like Wolverine managing to find the time to make a pun about climate. I mean, that's what he does. To storm. <laughs> I just think it's this funny. Is like the I, I, mean, time. I genuinely enjoyed it. It's like so. the last time when he was like screaming about the fucking ozone. Yeah, yeah. Wolverine just loves weather puns. Apparently. Anyway, I, my next note here Morph says. is still hiding in the bushes. Apparently. That's not what I wrote. I wrote, meanwhile, Morph is in the bushes jerking off and watching Wolverine. <laughs> Oh my god, also true. <laughs> and then he goes, even Wolverine's Jeep sounds angry. Let's see if I can upset everyone else. And this is where I had to like start really taking notes because it did get confusing really quickly. So basically, mm-hmm. like Morph goes in at he like morphs into Wolverine. And so yes. he runs he into goes Rogue. in and he sees Rogue and she's like, What are you doing back so fast? And yeah. he's like, I forgot something. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go I take a nap because I'm tired. I it on the way out. <laughs> then she goes to sleep yeah. and Morph turns into Rogue. And then Rogue goes into this room underground where Gambit's like leaning his cards being like, want to see a magic trick? And Jubilee's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jubilee's like trying to watch the news because she actually gives a shit about society. Yeah, and she is says like something like really great about here. her friends dying. I know. She goes, shit's getting real out there. And besides, card tricks were for kids. And Rogue's like... You are a kid, hun. Run away, kid. And Jubilee's all like, I happen to be watching the news. And Rogue just turns <laughs> and Rogue around is and like, like, suddenly I want to fuck more. I know. Rogue, Rogue, fuck Gambit, rather. I know. Rogue's like winking at Gambit. And Gambit's like, run along, petite. And Jubilee's like, fine. She storms out, shuts the door, and she's like, imitating. She's like, run away. Run away. Oh, I hate them. And then she like accidentally <laughs> blows up the door. And she's like, oh shit. And she like runs away. I think this is like around when people probably start getting annoyed at Jubilee because she's like kind of immature here. But I didn't dislike I it. I didn't dislike it because it still fits for somebody that's like allegedly like between 14 and 16, you know? Plus everybody is being really annoying in this episode. Like, <laughs> I mean, Morph they are. as Rogue is like being so over the top. I know because then she turns portrayal. around she says something that like Gambit somehow actually believes because it's she's like so dumb she's like a gambit is just a fucking idiot here because he just is thinking with his dick so I mean, like morph yeah, because... as rogue he basically is like what if i was lying before when i said i couldn't touch you and it, like for some reason gambit buys that I, which doesn't like, make sense because gambit is somebody who plays people all the time so like he can tell when people are lying but maybe that's why he thinks that rogue was li- i don't know it's so weird anyway really he's, so so morph is like meet me in my room later and like knows that like, gambit rogue is gonna is go to rogue's room and that she's sleeping up there but anyway so he sends gambit off on a wild goose chase and More then he goes later. and finds jubilee well first no well he, he turns morphs- morph turns into a storm yeah and then he goes and finds jubilee and jubilee's having her little tantrum about feeling like she's being treated like a kid and so no, she, she has a really great into- line here that i wrote down where she goes if they're gonna treat me like a kid they should at least have more junk food in this house which fair <laughs> yeah it is fair i think she's like looking in the fridge at like a ton of broccoli while she's I know, saying she's that. like what the fuck is this shit it's yeah and so then morph comes in as storm and gives jubilee an assignment that storm would never give jubilee i know storm is like go check out this halfway house for mutants and make (laughs) sure that everything is okay there i heard there was a threat and like there's no way that jubilee would be sent on this mission by herself but she totally buys it she does and she takes it she's like finally somebody respects me and she leaves and morph has like a really like dark line here where he's like, that's what you get for trying to replace me. Yeah, I thought that was like, 
Like, that was is a he much, jealous dude. of Wolverine wanting to spend time with Jubilee instead of I, he's him? Like, he's like, I'm not Wolverine's sidekick anymore. Jubilee is. Yeah, I that was what I thought it out. meant. But like, wow. Just I know wow. it was it was crazy, <laughs> and then it goes over to Rogue, who is like like sexually like sleeping on the yeah, couch. Yeah, she's sleeping like, in an, a position that no one would ever. Which lie I mean, you're right, anything. but like considering how Rogue is in the show, like I would sort of buy that she would do that. <laughs> um, and Gambit's like, oh, maybe I kept you waiting too long, so he goes to kiss her, and like immediately he like passes out and like has a seizure and rogue jumps up and she's like what the and then she immediately charges the cloud the the couch and it blows yeah she up accidentally she just, like, explodes the couch because now away. she has gambit's powers and doesn't yeah. know how to control them but i love how she like wakes up to gambit like kissing her then seizing and then suddenly she's like blowing shit up and she's like what is even happening <laughs> like yeah gambit totally deserved that though like what an idiot it's oh it kind of feels like everybody's worst flaws are being taken advantage of by morph here like jubilee wanting to do more than she's old enough to do gambit yeah. thinking with his dick all the time Xavier yeah. thinking of his boyfriend etc etc okay so this then it gets even more complicated because then we see jubilee go to that halfway house and yeah. she rings the door Bell and like right in Creed opens and she's like hey I heard that you might have a problem with mutants and then like the entire Friends of Humanity comes they, up behind yeah. her. She's instantly kidnapped. Which again this is why I'm like I kind of feel like there's some parallels going on here from the first like from the yeah, fight. Yeah you're right. It's Jubilee's definitely getting similar. kidnapped again. Except and, that this time the antagonist isn't the Sentinels it's these like Nazi guys which is pretty but that, scary. That are still essentially doing what the Sentinels were no, doing. No I know. I think it's scarier though because they're people. You know? Yeah I totally like, it's, agree. It's, it's like more real than like a bunch of fantasy silly goofy robots that's, who that's like just say silly too, things. Because like the, you know how the Sentinels would show up and crash to the wall at the yeah, mall. And they'd be and like they would be ah, like, do not oh, be no. afraid. And, and this, dead. I know like, they don't have like these stupid like people. Dalek lines. Instead, they like these guys are the friends of humanity, and they're terrifying because, like as I said before, they're waving like guns. guns. They've they, got they, grenades. Where, did, where do they go, get the grenades? I don't know. And like nobody's stopping them from throwing grenades. Like the police show up at one point, and they're like, "Oh yeah, sure, you can have those." You know? It, yeah. Like at various points, the police describe it as just like riots or like demonstrations. And, like, they are literally setting off bombs. Come I mean, on. Uh, I mean, look at the news, man. Yeah, like, I know, I know. It's bad. It's that's that's probably why it's far scarier to us now watching this. I show. know. I mean, I like watching this like five, ten years ago. I'm sure I was just like, this is silly. But now watching it, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. I know. Anyway, so Jubilee's kidnapped. So then Rogue brings Gambit to Storm, and she's like, "He tried to kiss me. What a fool!" And <laughs> Storm's like, just shaking her head. She's like, "What an idiot!" Yeah, and she's like, she... "He picked a bad time to do this because everybody's missing something." <laughs> I know. And Storm then calls Jubilee, who's not in her room, and Storm's like, "Something's not right here." And Rogue's like, "You're telling me, like, yeah. what the fuck is happening?" So then they like call Beast, and Beast says go ahead and i'll meet you there so they leave but then beast turns out to be morph again and mm-hmm. then morph turns around to the danger room where beast is in he puts the thing on like full throttle and then we see beast actually doing pretty well for the most part until eventually like a gun takes him out mm-hmm. but like considering that like it's like the highest capacity beast does really well up until that point when because he's like trying to get out of the danger room and the door's not opening and that's when the gun gets him but he yeah. like dodges all this like fucking spinning blades and shit and he's like I He's mean, like, Beast this is, is not quite cool. I, what I signed up for. Like, you know, 
Yeah, but anyway, so Beast gets taken out as well, and then I don't really know where Storm and Rogue are going. They're going to like a different Friends of Humanity demonstration that's like not in the same place where Jubilee no, was getting kidnapped. No, they're going to an actual or... mutant counseling. It says mutant counseling center. That was what the sign said. Yeah, but there's like a bunch of Friends of Humanity guys there who are like trying to bomb it. Oh, I know. They're throwing stuff, and they throw a grenade, which Rogue catches totally casually. She's like, oh, hey. And she like throws it up in the air, and like it explodes, which I thought was hilarious, and I it's laughed amazing. really hard at. I love just, any like, moment when Rogue grenade. and Storm get to like fight together, too. That's always cool yeah. to see. Um, uh, and then Storm's like, go... I don't even know what she tells Rogue to do, but she tells Rogue to leave, and Rogue's like, are you sure you got this? And she's like, yeah, Beast is coming to back me up. Except he's not, because Beast was morph in that situation. So Rogue leaves. I have a feeling the beginning of the next episode is going to be Rogue literally going to save everyone. Yeah, because I don't really know why Rogue is leaving. But, I mean, there are literal guns and bombs happening here, like, trying to destroy this center. So, like, I think Storm is just, like, trying to send her girlfriend home. Like, I don't really know what her motivation is there to be, like, that, trying to that send are they, like, are, home. They have something else. I don't know. It wasn't really well explained in that second. But then this craziness happens where the cops show up and she's, like creating this like fucking winter storm yeah to, like, she sends down all this sleet to like slow down the cop cars that are showing up and everything else yeah and then the cops like pass up because they get into a massive car accident so they're like passed out and concussed and then Marf's like oh, you just gotta do it yourself so then he becomes like the police deputy chief. or whatever yeah and yeah, he walks and up he walks and he over. tells the policeman to start attacking storm right and when they're this like is, this, what? Is, this is pretty dark too because like he's like attack them and all the police are like we don't want to we're not supposed to and he's like you need to shoot her down so they like, do it though I which mean, is like again politics that i don't we're not even ready to hit the politics section yet i know but this is such a political episode <laughs> like, i know anyway they shoot at storm and it's actually like really intense to watch because they're like hitting her and she's falling like they show yeah. all of that i know and then they they restrain her and they i guess they i don't know if they're putting them in like uh like some sort of like cop car that's gonna take her to jail or if they're putting her on the ambulance we're not really sure yeah. Uh, but she's definitely like strapped down and uh, restrained and i this yeah. is why i felt like it was like the pilot again because jubilee gets kidnapped one of the x-men is seen doing something it's supposedly bad but then they like take her away and lock her up and like we also have an anti-mutant group instead of sentinels it's like actual people and then we have like the president trying to stop them it's very similar to the very first episode there was no wedding though uh, and morph is back morph Great was in the point. first episode except it was like reverse so now he's back to life instead of dying so i kind of like those parallels though because i really like the first episode of the first season yeah and i, I, liked I this bet episode this is probably too. written by the same person i'm not sure we can look it up though um, but i mean i think they probably were like okay the pilot episode was really effective let's do something kind of similar to that but like build yeah. on the tension in every area Anyway, the, the episode kind of like isn't the, quite over yet. Because no, because it turns out Mr. Point. Sinister is sitting there watching a bunch of TVs and, like, masturbating or something. I don't know. And, like, he's just, like, laughing. He's like, enjoy your revenge, Morph. I know I am. And we're like, revenge against who, Mr. Sinister? We don't know who you are. Like, this is the first time we've seen your face <laughs> He's also sitting on, like, an elaborate throne in, like, this crazy room Dude, by Dude, there's, himself. like, vines going up the throne and, like, weird, like, veins and shit. Like, mm -hmm. 
it's pretty oh it's God. pretty good it's very visually striking it's a good introduction to the yeah. series villain and which i mean i guess be... i guess this is kind of the counterpoint to what i was saying before where like the sentinels are really goofy and like kind of help elevate the show to a more fun place mr Sinister's pretty goofy so yeah. it I mean, kind of takes wearing, away like, from oh like God. the neo-nazis how, how do you even describe what mr Sinister looks like to somebody that may not be familiar with the x-men or this tv show like he's wearing like He's wearing like a Dracula cape. Yeah, yeah, that has like ribbon dancers attached to it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he's wearing off the back. He's got a lot of ribbons. And he's got like big blue armor that looks like big blue medieval armor. Yeah. He kind of looks like Samus a little bit, but like in blue. And he's got a big red diamond in the middle of his chest and also on his forehead. He's He's, got white skin. Yeah, like a clown. And his eyes are like red with no pupils or eyeballs or anything. He's got like sharp teeth and black lipstick on yeah like like, every single one of his teeth is sharp like yeah 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 and his hair is like short and black and he's wearing like these like dominatrix thigh highs Mm -hmm. he's a very flamboyant villain but anyway we're gonna talk about mr sinister later right are we we are i I mean i don't know are we we're gonna (laughs) talk about mr sinister for the rest of our lives (laughs) mr sinister is really fucking important guys if you guys know anything about me it's that i and Mr. Sinister. That's it. Well, there's like nothing else to it. Later. I'm Mr. Sinister. I feel like we already <laughs> talked about politics like oh, quite a bit just in summarizing this. Well, episode. you can we can recap. All right, let's do it. So this depressed me. <laughs> like Jesus I, Christ. I kept on being like, well. We're looking at we're looking at a mirror right now. That's I I was like actively sad about watching some parts of this, like the two different parts where they show the friends of humanity, like just trying to kill that one mutant at the beginning and then running yeah, after like the Morlocks. Yeah, like a mutant fucking dies in this. Like that's pretty intense for. A, yeah, a I mean, show. I had somehow assumed that he got away, but you're right, it does cut away, so we don't know what happens to that guy. So he probably dies. And then later, when they're attacking Wolverine and Gambit and Beast, I was sad too because it's like this cool scene, but you know that it's going to come back and bite them in the ass later so it's like they can't even fight these guys without having that be co-opted too i mean the x-men in this episode are manipulated both by morph and the friends of humanity like consistently like they're just like they're fucking it up so bad because i we can assume maybe by the end of the last season because of senator kelly becoming a president he made some announcement about this vigilante group, the X-Men, and how much good they're doing. And, like, now that's all been, like, stripped away. Yeah, like, instantly. And yeah. I don't know. I just, it's, I mean, that's how the real world works. But I mean, it's I mean, and there's obviously really depressing. some darker, more serious tones that, okay, so, like, obviously we talked about how if a president is, like, anti-something and then they become president and they're pro-it, the people who that supported him to get in there, like, supported his campaign to do this thing and then he's not doing it they're all going to rebel and Mm -hmm. we also have people that like don't agree with things and so they want to like if you're racist these racist assholes running around like literally creating riots and attacking people which is far too close to the actual news right now yeah Um, i mean like we basically had a president who ran on a platform of like 
you know, stirring up racist bigotry and and right. not necessarily like promising robot overlords that would put people in concentration <laughs> camps, but you know, promising some pretty similar things like promising to to put people away. And and so that's that's like the platform that he ran on. But then then we have like in real life just the common people who don't necessarily have power sort of gathering and being like, okay, so we're all racist. We're going to just start attacking people on our own. And we have like our own police forces who are like turning a blind eye to it, which we kind of see at the end of this episode, like the police get swindled by morph. And obviously this is like a goofy kids show where it turns out that like Mr. Sinister is responsible for everything as opposed to just like people being racist, which is how it is in the real world. And there's also like the, the whole thing where the the police, captain is like shoot down this mutant and the the officer's like yo we don't want to do that we're not supposed to do that and he's like i'm making the command you shoot her or, or you like i'll shoot you and they just follow orders but i mean they have to but it's also like that's how fascism works yeah it's and- also no it's also like Okay, so just the fact that they're shooting at the mutant. I mean, I know that this episode like doesn't really go into that, but like I would say it's an overarching theme to be like, all right, you're looking at this situation where like a bunch of humans have incited violence and then they're like, but look at this dangerous black lady floating in the sky. Kill her. And like I know. that's what they do. I just I don't know. It it's a dumb kids show, but it definitely made me feel a lot of feelings watching it. And I mean, I, I I've said this before on this show, but this original X-Men the Animated Series, which was like in the early 90s, was something that they were pulling from politics in like the 70s and 80s and 60s. And now it's like 2017 and all the stuff that we've watched on the show, we've been able to relate to now in 2017 or you know what I mean? Like it's transcending decades in terms of like the story they are telling. And, you know, Storm has a good point in this, too. Like in several different moments where A, she's like, okay, so we can't just stand here and take this. We need to fight back, which is like the only way we're going to make this stop. And at the same time, she's also like, we need to be calm and logical because otherwise, like, it's going to get way worse if we don't. Right, like, because they're all going to be watching us way more because they're already right. marginalized and they're already like discriminated she, against by fair, the media. So they have to point. be very, very careful. And it is unfair. Like they are judged unfairly compared to everybody else. Yeah, it's. I mean, it sucks. And like, it's also a real thing that happens and it's the only way you can change things so it's such bullshit though i mean yeah i know and (laughs) it's it's dark and like even the stuff with like the president not promising what they he promised and then of course like the people who supported him would then make it happen anyway basically like Like, it doesn't even matter that the president in the show is like going to be pro-mutant because his own supporters have already been riled up like it they'll do it him themselves so right yeah whatever anyway i know i know it's 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 some dark fucking shit i mean but at least the rest of the episode yeah no i know exactly that's what i was gonna say (laughs) like the rest of the episode is just like utter nonsense because we have like morph and mr sinister who like aren't a parallel to anything in the real world i feel like they they made him the big bad for this because because it's too fucking scary otherwise like you need that's what i was saying and like i mean also this is a layered show and there's we definitely in season one went from episode to episode and just found out more layers of the universe. Like first it was like the X-Men, then there was Magneto's views versus Professor Xavier's. And then there was Senator Kelly's as a human versus that. Then we've had like the Morlocks who were underground and then like, then the Sentinel program and then like enslavement and concentration camps and stuff like that. And eventually all came to head. So like, it's not like it's a new concept for this show that suddenly uh, there's Mr. Sinister along with the friends of humanity. But the difference here is that they're, they were all introduced in the same episode. 
and I don't, I feel like if they had first introduced the Friends Against Humanity, or sorry, Friends Against Humanity, wow, that's Cars <laughs> Against Humanity, um, Friends of Humanity, uh, if they just did that as, as opposed to, like, you know, like, putting them together, it would have been too dark. Yeah, like, yeah. It would have been too I, scary. I, I agree, because it, it actually is pretty scary, and so you kind of need Morph, who is sort of, like, goofy, and it's still, it's still, like, unnerving that Morph can turn into his friends and, like, is turning on his friends, I guess. I mean, but it's scary I'm... in, like, more of a low-level way as opposed to just, like, a bunch of humans running through the streets trying to kill the X-Men. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, even Morph's shit is kind of, like, weird and fucked up that, like, Mr. Sinister is awful. It's, like, fucking with his head and like making him goth zombie more yeah i mean it's actually <laughs> still kind of dark in a way i don't know i mean maybe this maybe the season is going to get darker i don't fully remember I mean, it but it might I don't be fully the thing is that like this is the first time ever that i've watched this series like, like and like paid this much like, attention to it order. i mean same well, yeah, so i don't I mean, really sure the know. details but i mean like in terms of like watching it in order because i watched the entire series as a kid like all over the fucking place and then obviously like as an adult i still did the same thing because it's like been one of the shows i'm like oh, i'm just gonna throw something on in the background well, also so, like, like pretty often we'll like. just be like oh let's watch this specific episode where we remember yeah. such and such happens and like yeah but we've I've, i don't remember like how much continuity there actually was between episodes and i mean it's kind of cool to check that out and sort of see the overarching themes of like a season and see how a season yeah. was constructed i mean obviously we had complaints about season one but i think like overall it was kind of cool to see how they put it all together and introduced everything I do feel like this is like i mean in comparison to like the pilot episode in this episode there were things i really loved about the pilot which was like two episodes in which they had some really i mean a pilot's hard because you have to introduce so much about the universe and characters in such a short period of time and this is a kid's show and i think they did really well with that um and you know like they introduced a massive amount of characters it wasn't just like one main character they had like at least like 10 characters they had to introduce along with the politics of the episode and the series and i think the pilot did a really good job of that um and then so it's kind of hard to compare in terms of like which one i liked more because the second season didn't have to rely on making a whole series happen after that. Like they've mm-hmm. already sold it. People are waiting for season two to start. Yeah. And they already um, know who everybody is. They're already yeah, emotionally they invested kind of right when in. they see Jean getting married. It's like already a big deal. And Morph coming yeah. back is already like has emotional weight to it. I mean, they, but, they can capitalize on that stuff that they've already built. Yeah. And, and I, I felt like this episode was a lot darker than the pilot. Than the pilot and I felt like I, I just, like it it struck fear in me in terms of like thinking how I relate to it now politically, which I was not really thinking about in the pilot because the pilot also had like big robots stomping around in the mall and like you know Jubilee at the arcade mm-hmm. shit like that. So yeah, like, it was I mean I think we were still thinking about that stuff, but I definitely wasn't thinking about neo Nazis quite as much as I was during this episode. Yeah, like I mean, and it was like the same thing. It was like humans creating these to like kill mutants but there's still, still like, that emotional distance concept. there where you're like a person creating a machine as opposed to just seeing people with guns and grenades yeah. like trying to kill like straight up people. killing mutants like yeah it's pretty bad and i think uh, an important part of this that we didn't actually mention in politics is that scene where julie turns around and she says why did things get worse yeah. like i thought we had turned things around and you know we don't need to repeat it again but xavier essentially was like this is what happens like this is the next part of this because just because we were changing or kelly's opinion doesn't mean we changed all of his followers opinions yeah so it doesn't mean that there won't still be like a political backlash to like a perceived progress 
Yeah, I mean, like... That's pretty heavy shit for a kid's show. It's pretty heavy shit. I mean, it's, like, not exactly what we're going through right now. We're dealing with something, like, probably far worse, in my opinion, because, like, at least Senator Kelly came around and, like, questions his own morality. Yeah. But, like, I I definitely look at this and be like, this is pretty scary to compare to the real world because it's pretty close. It's pretty close to what would happen if you had a crazy fucking campaign which is what this was we didn't we didn't know who senator kelly was like up against like we didn't even get to see that yeah i know we don't really find out but like we did see him campaigning and he was campaigning on like a completely bigoted right. like wildly but like bonkers. also seeing like what the aftermath is of something like that yeah and like it's still you know like it's 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 accurate it's it's people start fighting more it's not just like you know it's not just like yeah a big part of it is like these fucking neo-nazis and this show like running around and like fucking killing mutants but also the x-men are like we have to fucking amp up our game now like hardcore if we're really gonna win this fight and like jubilee is so young that she doesn't understand that yet and she doesn't understand that there's just because they turn somebody doesn't mean everything gets fixed now we have to deal with the backlash uh and I feel like right now in the state of our own country, we're just in a giant state of backlash from like all directions. Yeah. So I know. like, and we need the X-Men. We do. <laughs> we need the X-Men for more than reason. We need them to save us. We need the vigilantes to save people. We need Wolverine to come over and fuck me. Like, you know, <laughs> and then we also need Mr. Sinister <laughs> to take a video of. Yeah. Him. <laughs> I need Mr. Sinister in the bushes. Honestly, we don't need <laughs> Mr. Sinister. I feel like he would just make things a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> I found out that Mr. Sinister was involved in like our current life, our current society. I'd be like, that explains a lot, actually. I feel like <laughs> he's just standing there having that shapeshifter manipulate people. I mean, sadly, our reality just is real, and it's not. It's not yeah. like just a comedic children's show monster. But I'm just saying, if it turns out to be Mr. Sinister, I'm not going to be that shocked. You won't be surprised. I won't be. Okay. <laughs> Got On it. On that note, well, I mean, there are those like. There's there's all those fucking clown sightings happening, so maybe one of those Mr. Sinister. <laughs> oh my god. All right. So are you are we done with politics? Are we ready? Yeah, do we want to talk about our Mr. Sinister? Oh wait, we I revealed it before we even said it. <laughs> I usually edit that out when we do that. Are you going to? Because we already said it earlier in the episode too. I don't know. Whatever. I'll I do what I want. All right, ready? <laughs> Who's that? that? Mr. Sinister. <laughs> Who's that sinister? Oh my god. All right, Let's so talk about it's Mr. Sinister. a surprise to everyone. It's Mr. Sinister. Our entire show has been building to the moment where we talk about Mr. Sinister. Where I specifically get to talk about Mr. Sinister. Like, not even you, just me standing there being like, I have. I already was like, are you sure that you want to do Mr. Sinister as the spotlight? Because he's barely in this, and you were like, I'm already doing it. It's already Mr. I, like, Sinister. I was already like halfway writing down my character notes. It was done. All right. Well, there was like, I mean, we had a choice here. We could go between Grade Greed and Creed, Creed or Mr. Sinister. And Mr. Sinister. But Grade and Creed gets a background episode eventually, probably in this season, and we should really save it for then. And since Mr. Sinister is going to be the big bad of season two, I felt like it was appropriate to jump into it. And also, I just couldn't wait anymore. <laughs> okay. Rip off the band-aid. And, and, Tell us. and for anybody that is, that is new to the podcast, uh, I have a running list of Ryan's top 20 X-Men that I reveal per episode. And this is not a reveal because it's I've already revealed it like in episode one, but Mr. Sinister is my number five favorite character in the x-men universe so so those of you who are trake. filling out your google spreadsheets already know that because you've already filled yes. it out but you know just yeah, a reminder much. it's like a bingo game <laughs> <laughs> except you don't win anything other than ryan's <laughs> friendship i mean we're already friends we're all good um okay so mr sinister is a fucking crazy villain and 
he his role in the X-Men universe, I mean, like, he was created as a villain, so they would have somebody else other than, like, Magneto, but uh, his role in the universe seems to be to fill in plot holes, mm-hmm. and his powers, he has a lot of them, and his powers seem to be to fill in plot holes. He's so got all Mr. the powers. Sinister. He's got them all. And I'm gonna, <laughs> I, if you're, are you ready to hear what all of his powers are, Maddie? I'm ready. Like, this is, like, this is the abbreviated list. Great. So he has genetic enhancements, so he's, like, He's made like genetic alterations to his own body. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can shape shift. He has a healing factor. He has superhuman stamina, speed, durability, and reflexes. He has telepathy. He can paralyze people by touching them. He can turn off other mutants' powers. He has telekinesis. He has concussive blasts, which he shoots from his hands. He has force fields that are like little shields that protect him at all times. He can teleport. He can communicate with any kind of machine or computer anytime by touching it, and he's immortal. <laughs> it's like almost and as bad as And he's the... beautiful. And he's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, he's related to Apocalypse and his shit, so like it's yeah. not a surprise. I mean, we talked that, about like... that a little bit on the Apocalypse episode. Yeah. And so it's not a surprise that like also Apocalypse had like half of those same. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was Apocalypse during was this like weird ridiculous. phase of Marvel where they were like, let's just create the most superpower mutants ever. And they're the bad guys. And then it's like, wait, <laughs> shit, how are the heroes going to defeat them? I guess they just won't. Oh, oh wow. my God. Uh, fun fact is that it, he made the top 100 comic book villains of all time. And it was like IGN's list. And he ranked at number 29, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's not too bad. No, not not at all. I think Magneto was like number one or something. I got mad about that because I was like, Magneto is not a villain, you dumb ass. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the entire list is rendered moot by that des- that decision. Yeah, pretty much. So his background is that he was a scientist, Nathaniel Essex. Actually, wait, hold on. I, before I even say that, I should probably explain where, like, how he's created. So Chris Claremont designed Mister Sinister when they were like trying to do something other than Magneto and the Brotherhood, mm-hmm. and they had originally designed him. You probably don't know this. They had designed him to be an eleven-year-old who was secretly fifty, with like. He was slowly aging a thousand years and he grew up in the same orphanage as Scott, but also ran the orphanage. And that was their original concept for him. They did not go with that. Well, clearly. But they kept the part where he's like obsessed with Cyclops. Um, But what they did go with is that he was a scientist. His real name is Nathaniel Essex, who was born in 1859. And he was a scientist that was like really into Darwinism. So he's a Nazi. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But then like he met Apocalypse. And made a pact with him to become a mortal, and they would work together. Mister Sinister went on to create a bazillion, uh, just literally bazillions, billions, and zillions of clones, and like creations and children, and like it's like it's his thing. He just keeps cloning everyone and like making babies, but without like actually like having sex with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them being is that he's mis- he created Cable. He's Cable's dad, which. I didn't mention in the cable thing because I really wanted to keep it for this. <laughs> yeah, you wanted that twist ending power. I think I think I like I mentioned that like they were somehow related to each other, but he created cable. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Which you never. I really think get most to see- people know stuff like I don't know. I don't know actually. Like to what extent our fans know weird X Men facts? I mean, it probably depends on weird. the listener. Anyway, keep going. I think in the comic books they don't really like have any kind of like. A, like correspondence with each other like you don't ever see them like address that frequently other than an age of apocalypse i guess i just know because i know you i don't know <laughs> yeah i guess that's true the way they ended up actually introducing him into the series is that they were like okay so 
God, this is so complicated. So basically, like, <laughs> well, because because of why Mister Sinister is the way that he is, like, they just created him and then put him into places in the comics where things didn't make sense, and they were well, like, he now was, it's he, okay. Fine. So he was like around for a long time, right? And like, so he's been around since like the 1800s, and he's clearly immortal. So by the time that like the introduction of the Morlocks happened, uh, he saw the Morlocks and he saw like how many different variations of they were, and he was like. Clearly, somebody fucked with some genetics and they took my work because it was like his signature work. And over time, somebody must have created them. I think they said it was Dark Beast. I can't remember. And essentially, he was like, that's my work. I know that like I came up with these concepts and like I did this research. And so the people like the Morlocks exist because of like the research he didn't want to go. And he was like, fuck that. That's my work. So we need to fucking kill them all. So <laughs> he, he he hires the Marauders which are all these like fucking like mutant assassins to go and kill like all of them. Mm-hmm. And so he's the leader of the Marauders. And like that was his introduction to the series that he was like this guy that was just like a mutant with these like super powered mutants murdering other mutants like excessively. Mm-hmm. That's part of why he's scary. I feel like uh, yeah, a lot and- of other mutant villains like don't necessarily kill other mutants. I mean, sometimes they do, but like, but like in this case, he's like relentless and, something to make note is that like some of some of his marauders died during this like morlock massacre thing where they're fighting the x-men and it didn't matter because mr sinister had already cloned the marauders like 18 times over so there was just like 18 on ice ready to go (laughs) great i know classic mr sinister um and he did work with the nazis under the name of dr robert windsor and he created a clone of namor that was destroyed that's a fun fact that I want to include because I don't think most people even know about that. I mean, Mr. Uh, Sinister working with the Nazis is par for the course. Right. Also, Namor. Um, Namor. <laughs> Namor can take me too. I'll, I'll have Wolverine and Namor in bed. You got to find somebody else. All right. I guess I'm on my own. You're, you're probably take like Storm and Rogue. Yeah, I was about to say that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Rogue, um, she's the first person to find out gambit's relationship with mr sinister what is the nature of that relationship would you say um i mean (laughs) judging by the fan fictions that katie and i wrote in high school it was something where like he was maybe there his dad and also having sex but i feel like torturing each other even in the comics there's like a very like sadomasochistic situation there between mr sinister and gambit but it started because during that whole Morlock massacre, um, he hired Gambit to hire all the initial Marauders. He was like, find these like dangerous mutants for me and hire them for me. And then he Gambit was also the person that gave them the inner workings of the Morlock tunnels. And it was all in exchange for like Gambit's powers were out of control and Mr. Sinister could help him control them. But only if he like did this favor for him. So Gambit essentially like was responsible for the marauders existing and for all the mutants that died because like he handed over all that information and rogue found that out and that's eventually what led him oh my god there's like this whole thing whenever we get to gambit's backs where we're oh wait we know we already did gambit right no i don't no. think we did i don't think we did there's there there's a piece in there where like rogue finds all all this information and she's like you're a fucking piece of shit and she like drops him into antarctica with like no clothing and she's like i hope you rot and, like <laughs> it's it's pretty intense um, and it's it's created like a whole bunch of like tension between him and the X-Men as it's because this was like in like the late 80s, early 90s. And they're like, fuck you. And so essentially, like, every, there's a lot of times where it comes back to Gambit having serious trust issues with the X-Men mm-hmm. because he was like sort of trying to reform himself. And the X-Men were like, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. But also because Mr. Mis- Sinister is still like low key, except obsessed with Gambit for like, yeah, ever. yeah, pretty much. 
He's also so. obsessed with Archangel, and he's obsessed with Scott Summers and like the Summers. Everyone and Gene and anybody related to the Summers. That's why people thought that Gambit might have been like the mystery Summers kid, the one that was missing, because like Mister Sinister was obsessed with Scott and Alex, and then also like Gambit. Gambit. So yeah, and you know, and, and they both had like these powers that were like red and explosive. So it wasn't like a they a both far have stretch brown to make hair. That. They're both white yeah. guys. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Sure, it works. Um, so anyway, eventually it was revealed that Mr. Sinister had been secretly, like, fucking with Scott Summers his entire life, like, following him around since he was, like, a child. Because he's, like, I mean, he's kind of worried because only Scott's optic blasts are the only thing that can, like, seem to damage Mr. Sinister. For whatever reason, I don't know why. It, there's probably an explanation that I just know, don't know. But um, I'm sure his... we'll get a pedantic reader mail about it. <laughs> well, I know probably if it's not explained at the end of the season. Um, so like, there's that. And Mr. Sinister also is a person who like cloned Jean Grey and created Madeline Pryor, also known mm. as the Goblin Queen. So she could have the child with their son Nathan, which we'll not even touch. I that. think we have talked about. Maybe we haven't talked about that. Mister Sinister is all about like fucking cloning people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he he became the leader of the Nasty Boys for a long time, which kind of had some like the Marauders in it. Um, and he allied himself with Strife, which is like the evil twin of Cable. Mm-hmm. He posed as Apocalypse and used the Four Horsemen to capture Cyclops and Dream Gray, and traded them to Strife so he could get the Legacy Virus because you know. Sinister has got to do his like stupid like umbrella corporation bullshit <laughs> and then at some point he helped the high evolutionary strip uh, mutant kind of their powers and Sinister like unknowingly wiped out a community of the evolved mutants that were also like known as the Neo and then they started trying to hunt Mr. Sinister down they kept on trying to find Mr. Sinister but they couldn't actually kill him because Mr. Sinister had already cloned himself like a bunch of times so they kept on killing Mr. Sinister clones and yeah and Mr. Sinister was just like like in hiding somewhere and then at one point he sent all the alkaloids out to go murder everyone who had knowledge of the future which you know okay why not we also know that he works for Apocalypse like that's a whole thing that I, I sort of mentioned at the beginning of this yeah um, and, and on then, the Apocalypse episode I and think and then going back to the kinkiness of Gambit and Mr. Sinister there was a period of time where Miss Sinister existed, mm-hmm. which I've read Mr. these. Sin- oh my god, <laughs> it still is fucking weird. So Mr. Sinister was worried about his potential death, so he put his like DNA into a bunch of people, like fucking sleeper cells. In which, like, I don't know if you ever saw Batman uh, Return of the Joker, Batman Beyond, and like how like fucking spoilers, Tim Drake turns out to be like the Joker, and he like literally morphs into the yeah, Joker. Yeah, I've seen it's that. It's pretty much that. It's I think like the you same showed deal. it to me. I think you showed it to me in the context of us making D2, in which <laughs> we're like, Ryan this doesn't make played, any sense. We made a fan fan X-Men parody movie in which Ryan essentially Beyond played like a Mr. Sinister-esque character, at least in D2, you kind of did. Um, and you showed me that scene, and you were like, this is what I want to use as my <laughs> <laughs> acting inspiration for this scene and you're like what is happening and i think because for whatever reason even as a kid like that scene reminded you of mr sinister just the sh- the way that it was set up and everything yeah pretty much i don't know i mean that's all that's all in ryan's crazy brain everybody. you know i can't explain anything about d2 but it's on youtube if you want to like watch if our you like watch mystery science theater take of it young teenagers <laughs> making x-men parodies we, we like we react to ourselves making x-men parodies and like, anyway one of maybe good. i'll cut all this out i don't know anyway keep going <laughs> anyway so um so miss sinister exists and she kind of is doing the same shit as him and then like 
she doesn't want to be Mr. Sinister, but then like Well, she claims capturing... that she isn't Mr. Sinister and that she's just like a clone of him, but that she has her own motivations yeah, and everything. But then it turns Which out is... that she was lying to everybody and she actually was Mr. Sinister the entire time and not a clone. Or... And then turned into Mr. Sinister. And then just turns into Mr. Sinister again. Okay, there's that's the that was the oh my god, that was the moment. So basically our mutual friend Katie, who we have the other podcast with, Warcraft Valley. Warcraft Valley is literally fan fictions that we wrote about, like the X Men, and in those fan fictions, um, Mister Sinister was co- constantly torturing like Remy to a bunch of people. Like, but I mean, Maddie that's was like, yeah, I always thought. But that Maddie it was didn't just believe us for like fictions. at least two decades. She did it. She was like, "This is just some weird fucking BDSM shit you're into." But then she read like the X twenty three comic. Yeah, it's like there's this whole series with Miss Sinister and Mister Sinister torturing X twenty three and also torturing Gambit like a lot. <laughs> it's like you're it's, like it's like very <laughs> sexual, and I was just like, "This is so much." Like I didn't realize. I didn't realize like how sexual mr wasn't sinister it, wasn't was it like something like it was miss sinister portraying x-23 yeah and then but then when it, she was then done with that she turned she around and turned to mr. mr sinister and gambit was like no and they started torturing Remy. <laughs> it was and- like it had to be gay no matter what because like either it was like mrs <laughs> sinister torturing x-23 as like a sexy lesbian thing and then as soon as mrs sinister turns into mr sinister gambit suddenly shows up it was like boom boom but i, I mean whatever we can talk about that when we get to the section of the show where we talk about how gay everybody is that but- was like what you were like oh my my god it's real <laughs> i was very impressed i unlike ryan i haven't read like that many mr sinister things like i i yeah. like know mr sinister facts I from knowing a ryan mr. But sinister like... collection on the shelf ahead of in front of me it's like all mr sinisters here i'm looking at it it's like wolverines mr sinisters archangels the flash chitara and like green arrow i mean at this point i like <laughs> oh, find, i find him endearing because I, I don't know i mean i like ryan and i like enjoy goofy comics and he's like a very goofy like gender bendy villain yeah. over the top gay character and like there there's some like problematic elements to that to like having a gay character who's like also like a sexual predator like that's a stereotype and it's not great oh, you know but I, I, was... I also think that like the reason why we like him is kind of because of that too because like he's so campy and i know you he know is like amazingly it, campy. I, I, I don't know i was recently listening to that other x-men podcast that i always keep on recommending on this show um explain the x-men and they we're talking about Mr. Sinister's powers on that. And one of them says, don't forget about his power to be the glam god. Mm-hmm. He looks like just a glam diva. I don't know. I mean, that is what he is. It's Mr. Sinister. Anyway, um, we got to finish this. Okay, so eventually um, he merged with the Dreaming Celestial and then turned everyone into San Francisco into Mr. Sinister. So then he was like, it's the perfect society. Everyone's me. <laughs> everyone in san francisco okay yeah but then since that didn't work out he built an underground city and he populated it with oh my god this is when it was like the cloning got out of control because then he made a city underground full of clones of himself but also clones of like cyclops and madeline Pryor and gambit and mystique and Sabretooth and all the marauders and the phalanx it's like crazy shit and there, oh, that was also the same comic where, like, he had also cloned a bunch of cows, and like, all the cows were also oh like God, bombs, yeah. and the <laughs> and the cows would explode, and it was like fucking like insane shit. I love Mister Sinister, uh, and for for a while he put a mole Ernst into the Jean Grey School of Higher Learning when Kitty and Wolverine were running the school later on, and the, he had that guy 
steal like all the X-Men's DNA and immediately went on to like make clones of Nightcrawler and Beast and Wolverine and Iceman and Spire- Firestar, but he was thwarted by Spider-Man of all people. Sure, why not? And then, <laughs> oh my God, this is like the most recent like Mr. Sinister thing, but during that whole Terrigen Mist outbreak of like, you know, the Inhumans versus the X-Men mm-hmm. uh, and he was trying to figure out how to beat the Terrigen Mist Cloud by experimenting on a bunch of mutants and it turned out that Mr. Sinister made like thousands and thousands of clones of every single X-Men that had ever existed in the comic books. Sure. That <laughs> seems like, accurate. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, calm down. So the, is that how they like explained the situation where they were worried that all the X-Men were going to die? Was just that Mr. Sinister <laughs> showed up and was like, don't worry guys, I've got no, all these clones. They just beat them and sent them away. And like the Inhumans left Earth, the Earth. Like that was that. But oh like, I God. guess that was Seriously? like a backup plan. Like, Wow, that's so dumb. I didn't know how they were going to resolve that. There are many things in the X-Men universe uh, that happens a lot. There's a lot of clones. There's a lot of alternate universe characters coming through, and there's a lot of time traveling. And like, I just want Mister Sinister to wake up all the clones and just like have a bajillion. X-Men. Just like have them all running around. Just like sixty. We'll, we'll finally look out. There will be a Wolverine for everyone. Finally, a Wolverine. That's and all a Storm that Mister Sinister everyone. wants. It's just a Wolverine for everybody. A Gambit he wants a for everybody. Fuck fest that he can watch. <laughs> It would be um, more okay. like a gambit fuckfest from him, though. That's what he's. I mean, into. that's true. Well, like with Scott Summers involved and like their children. Yeah, he's fucking weird. What a weirdo. <laughs> um. Okay, so that's sort of like where things left off. But I did make some other notes that he hasn't appeared in any of the movies yet. They keep on putting him off, yet. which is weird because he's like, he was like well, probably like the second big villain to even come into the X Men universe because it was like magneto and the brotherhood and i then wonder it was like why Mr. they Sinister, wanted to do apocalypse, it was like apocalypse like instead yeah. of him like that's such a more boring choice i know i agree and so at the end of it x-men apocalypse though we have his like fucking like essex corp walking around and stealing the dna of wolverine and we all thought that he was gonna be in uh old man logan or whatever it was logan yeah but and, then he wasn't yeah then they had some other scientist instead like a like a more obscure character um, I was reading again that they're still trying to get fucking Mr. Sinister into like this Gambit movie that's been in limbo for literally a decade. I mean, to be fair, it would make sense for Mr. Sinister to finally show up in a Gambit I think, movie. I mean, I think they're really trying to hold out to get this Gambit movie off the ground so they can use Mr. Sinister for that. But like for like sex it's stuff, kind of like a waste. I don't know. I feel like everything in the X Men universe. I'm well, not not X Men universe. The the Fox universe version of the movie X-Men is just like wasting away like as much of the X-Men property as possible at this point. Pretty much. I mean, I'm, I mean I'm excited about that like New Mutants like... trailer, but you know, like, no, I know. I mean, I, like I have, I've been saying for years that there needs to be an X-Men TV show because it's the only real way to like, let the X-Men universe grow. Well, and now we have the gifted and like, I, I don't, I'm still not sold on it. So I'm like, come on, guys. I mean, I think Legion harder. is cool. I liked that. Legion is really good. Legion but is exactly I get what you're what saying. They... I get what you're saying because, like, Legion doesn't have any of these other characters in it. But anyway, that's not Le- what this show is about. No, it's not. <laughs> we'll maybe get to Legion someday. Legion is good because, like, it does the weirdness and doesn't hold back of the X-Men universe. And I wish, like, literally any other, like, of these live action properties would do what Legion is doing. Um, well, I'm hopeful for New Mutants, but yeah, I I am not hopeful for the Gambit movie because that has been in production hell for like eight years or something. It's been for, like for forever. Way too long. Um, and then okay, so 
X-Men Evolution only lasted four seasons. The fourth season was really terrible, and it's, like, obvious why they got canceled at that point. But he was supposed to be introduced in season five. And you can find concept art of that with the comic books that were going out, out at that time because they had, like, the X-Men Evolution comic books that went along with, like, the TV show. Mm-hmm. And there weren't a lot of them, but, like, one of the last ones had a picture of, like, their version of Mr. Sinister standing over Beast and, like... It was like the cover and they're like, oh shit, Mr. Sinister is going to be coming to X-Men Evolution and just, it never fucking happened. So. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. And that also he has appeared in both of the X-Men Legends games, which were like the Dungeon Crawler X-Men games. And then also in Marvel Heroes, which is the current online Dungeon Crawler game. Uh, But most importantly, he appeared in X2 Wolverine's Revenge as one of the main villains, because why not? Um, (laughs) Which went along with the movie. And also, he is the main villain of the Deadpool game, which I know you're not sold on the Deadpool game, but Mr. Sinister is absolutely I didn't ever get that far. I didn't actually hilarious. know Mr. Sinister was in the Deadpool game. No, he is the main villain. They do the whole thing with that, where like, Cable's like, okay, you need to kill Mr. Sinister, but he keeps on accidentally killing Mr. Sinister clones instead in, like, really hilarious ways. Well, all right. I, I just don't like the version of Deadpool where, like, everything he says is, like, a chimichangas joke. I just like yeah, it when no, it's, I agree with that. like, a little smarter than that as opposed to just being like, get it? Deadpool! Wacky! <laughs> like, here. sometimes when they write Deadpool, I, whatever, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> eventually we're gonna like do a deadpool episode if we ever fucking get to like wolverine or whatever oh my god there's like that weird deadpool movie like not that not the live action one it's like a cartoon it's like deadpool and hulk oh oh god and deadpool's it depends on how many property. years of our lives we want to spend doing the show i mean it, it really just all depends i think we're gonna do this for the rest of our lives i think th- i, I mean, think we're this is never probably like the retire. most consistent thing we've ever done I besides that's gino that's not true we did insomniacs like every week for over that's a true year. We, we also built haunted job. houses you know we also made that x-men fan film give us some credit Okay, that's true. Anyway, is that that's, it? Are that's those it. all the Mr. Sinister uh, Wait, facts? no, there's one more note that here I wrote that says Ryan should play Mr. Sinister in the movies. Mm, that's true. That's a good so, and important guys, note to add. Get, get, get like a, a, not a GoFundMe, like get a petition going mm-hmm. that says a Ryan Cattell needs campaign. to be Mr. Sinister in the X-Men films and we'll send it to Fox. Although I don't want to work for Fox, so there's that. <sighs> well, you're just going to have to. I mean, I'm probably the best candidate for Mr. Sinister and people need to accept this. I feel like I as be... time goes on, like you're you're finally maybe old enough to do it. I mean, probably. You're you're I still kind of young. Thank you. Maybe if we wait another 15 years, then they'll finally like... I, it could be it's easy. I could be a glam god, mad scientist, superhuman mutant. Why not? Yeah, Wearing you could medieval do that armor now. and ribbon dancers. Excellent. I can't wait. Speaking of Mr. Sinister, who's gay? sinister we can't just say that though because he's barely in the episode there, there's not a lot of moments in this but i think that magneto and xavier kind of take the cake oh it's my god real, you're right i forgot about real them. magneto it's just like <laughs> professor xavier like quickly runs away he's like i'll be there my love it's just xavier then i guess you're right that is extremely gay i didn't think of that <laughs> I, was, I was gonna that was say i was gonna say wolverine scene. and cyclops at the beginning because i just was like why is wolverine so fucking obsessed with but cyclops a, but again though it's just wolverine no i know I know. 
there's like a lot of solo gayness happening here yeah definitely and there is the moment when storm randomly sends rogue home that i still don't understand why she did that (laughs) so there's that too i mean there's a lot of like unrequited gay love happening in this episode i mean i i envision that after wolverine did his whole little danger room session and gene's like i can't be with you i have to go I, I just assume in my head from that point, Wolverine is like, I'm so fucking revved up and horny. I need to fuck something. And he just like went to Gambit's room. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say he just picks up the robot that he had disguised as Scott and just goes for it. Okay. That was the other thing I imagined too. was like, <laughs> like after he's done fighting the robot Scott, he gets fucked by the robot Scott, but it's like weird. And like, there's like wires and shit. Yeah. And it's like a little violent, but Wolverine's like into it. And yeah. that's like that's actually how Gene finds him is he's like like <laughs> naked and like beat up in the air and he's like moaning. That's actually why he was passed out. Robot and like Gene's like, what the fuck is happening here? He was passed uh, out because he go. was into like some sort of weird robot asphyxiation thing. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess Xavier is the best pick for this because like I like your reading of that and it's funny. But I'm gonna say I Wolverine mean, is number two and Storm's number three. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Grading Creed's number four. No, just kidding. <laughs> I don't know that I see that, but sure. Uh, No. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else that, like, was really gay in the episode. It, there was just too much other shit going on. Yeah, plus it's, like, a fairly serious episode. I mean, I guess Morph is pretty gay. Not really, not here, because, I mean, Morph... No, you're right, because Morph is, like, all into Wolverine still. Yeah, and we know from I mean, previous he's so, like, obsessed this, with Something Wolverine. was going on with them, so... I, I mean, I think a lot of people ship them, right? I mean, we talked about that with the pilot. Yeah, like no, how many a lot people of people ship do ship, him, ship Morph them and from Wolverine. the series. So for those people, maybe this episode was, like, a really big deal. <laughs> but apparently <laughs> it wasn't like, for us. Like, Morph is back and he's spying on Wolverine from the bushes. I mean, oh, I man. don't really ship that, so it didn't occur to me to list Morph until, like, right now. But I feel like you could totally see that reading of their relationship. Yeah. Uh, shout out to all the morph wolverine chippers out there we see you shout out to all the x-men anyway every one of them you're all gay and we love all of you so do we have a reader mail yeah let's do it okay we have one reader mail um which is great because we actually went a really long time since we did like a normal episode because we did like the movie episode and we didn't do a reader mail during that so if you're gonna send in reader mail, you should do it now because, like, now we now we're back read it to again. doing it every time. Yeah, and it's at themutantages at gmail dot com. Yep, and we have uh, a a follow up email from Claire who sent us an email. Oh, about it, the Morlocks analogy. Yeah, about the Morlocks. I can't remember if it was like the last episode or if it was like a few episodes ago, but it was what is not time? That long ago. We can't remember. <laughs> no, and also like this episode's already late, so it may have been like the episode before X Men two thousand. Yeah, I think it might have been. Anyway, so this is about Nimrod and the naming of Nimrod. This is this is good. I read this and I already forgot about it because I read it when it first came in. So she basically emailed us at the beginning of October, and it's now October thirtieth. Uh, so sorry for the delay. We are going to read it right now. She says, "Hey guys, thanks for reading my email on the show. I think you did a great job summarizing my long rambling message into something concise and coherent." I agree with your conclusion that not a situation the writers of X-Men, the animated series, were actively thinking or writing about. I just wanted to point out some merit in an otherwise silly episode. Anyway, (laughs) the reason I'm writing in this time is about the phrase Nimrod. I went to college at Brandeis University, which, as Massachusetts natives, you may know for its reputation is a very Jewish institution. Mm -hmm. The reputation is earned. There were quite a few Israeli students in attendance, and a few of them were actually named Nimrod. Evidently, this is a relatively common name. 
Fortunately, I never actually said anything stupid and offensive, like, no, seriously, what's your real name? When being introduced to someone named Nimrod, but one guy who I became friends with explained that he was pretty salty when he moved to the United States as a kid, and immediately his classmates believed his name meant idiot. Oh, no. I don't know if Warner Bugs Brothers Bugs Bunny has... ruined it for everybody. I know, she's about to get into that. I don't know if Warner Brothers had Bugs Bunny call Umar Fudd Nimrod to popularize the phrase as an insult and ruin the lives of the Israeli-American men with the common name, but I wouldn't rule it out. More likely, Bugs was calling him Nimrod sarcastically as the biblical version was some kind of great hunter and then it was sort of gained a life of its own as a non-sarcastic insult yeah in that way i'd like to think the x-men were trying to rehabilitate the name and undo (laughs) some of the anti-semitic damage done by looney tunes but i may be giving too much credit really looking forward to the episode for the first live action movie well that's over but thank you (laughs) i hope you liked it and claire yeah i didn't even know that i have no i I had no idea of the etymology of the word you know claire is smarter than we are and she should keep writing i'm really enjoying these emails and they are long but they like are well written and like clearly she knows how to write so thank you for pointing these things out I just wanted to quickly add some information that lends credence to Claire's theory about Nimrod's name being perhaps intended to rehabilitate the association that people have with the word Nimrod, which is that Chris Claremont was one of the co-creators of the character, and he's Jewish, and he lived in Israel for a bit when he was younger. So it's not that far off to think that perhaps he would have a different association with the name than we do. I can't find any information anywhere about Chris Claremont's thoughts when he was naming the character, but if you know anything about it, then please write in. I do want to make a comment about Looney Tunes because, you know, I, I'm a huge Warner Brothers fan. And I grew up watching like all sorts of Looney Tunes and the Merry Melodies, but at that point they had definitely like in the 80s and 90s weeded out all their fucking racist bullshit. Yeah, but the Nimrod stuff started in like the 30s, so who knows? That's but that that's what I mean because you know how many fucking episodes of Looney Tunes were not allowed to be aired because of the sheer racism in them. So it's possible that it could have been, but I think that it's more likely that it was a, a sarcastic comment as unlike you nimrod like as unlike i i don't know, know. i mean even that etymology like when i was reading about it people were like this is just what we suspect was the reason why this word became seen as an insult it's just one theory but nobody really knows how it happened so right. it could have been other reasons we'll I mean, never yeah, know I mean, and until a linguist writes into the show and tells us we'll never yeah, find if you're out a linguist, you want to tell us that'd be great <laughs> yeah that would be rad it's fun to get reader mail from smart listeners Yeah, and I wanted to do a shout out to this person that started listening to us recently. I I don't know if they discovered us via Let's Watch Two Movies and we did the crossover, but the name that they are using on our SoundCloud is Daphne. Oh, yeah, and they left us so many nice comments. Yeah, and eventually this person was like, I keep on meaning to send you reader mail, but like I keep on end up forgetting and then leaving these like huge comments here. And I'm not going to read all of them. I just want to say... Like, the, like, thank you for leaving comments and feedback because, like, you know, we've been going in and responding and, like, I'm really glad you're enjoying the show and that you're finding it relatable and you're watching it along with us. Although, I think at this point, you're probably going to get ahead of us because we're so fucking slow. <laughs> we're doing our best. And uh, it's a good met- thing that people are ahead of us because apparently we spoil everything on the show ahead of time by accident because we yeah. can't remember what happens or we do remember <laughs> and just say it. So whatever. This person also made a comment where she, they were like, I refuse to even watch Batman v Superman. I do not think Ben Affleck should play Batman. And I just commented, go listen to Let's Watch Two Movies. 
I don't even remember where we were talking about Batman v Superman on this show, but like I know we did at some point. Oh, I think I referred to. Oh my god, I can remember, but it doesn't even matter. Anyway, we should do plugs, right? We should. Oh, and so, also we should rate the episode. We should, but also go watch. Let's go listen to. Let's watch two movies. Yeah, it's a that's show. another podcast on it our, our these, little media these network. These girls, I may or may not know, Mary Ellen and Maddie. <laughs> um, I'm I'm giving this a five star, a five x rating because I really enjoyed it i think it did a really good job in telling the story that needed to tell and introducing a bunch of new characters and new threats and it was very realistic as to what could happen in a situation like this it wasn't just like oh he's the the president and things are going to be okay now it was a very realistic transition and next step to the story mm-hmm. maybe not mr sinister but definitely like i actually all the... liked that part i i agree that it was it was worth five x's i felt like the blend between morph and mr sinister silliness and the very real like bigots attacking the x-men situations were a good blend and it reminded me of what is great about the show which is like walking that line between making serious political statements and also making it like a goofy show for kids that's like funny and and charming yeah and they also wrote morph into the scene where he really did manipulate all the there's a lot of and even that scene is like kind of funny but also creepy and i even like the moments with the wedding and gene being over dramatic and weird like it was still entertaining to me (laughs) yeah like i mean there's no part of this like i didn't disagree with i mean i disagreed with you know i really just like enjoyed watching the episode from top to bottom so me too and i i felt that it was really well written and uh, to transition it from i like you know like as i said earlier it's not as hard as the pilot because the pilot has to sell the series. And I think this series did really well with our pilot, but to come back in season two, you already have everybody amped up. So you got to hope that like you meet their expectations yeah. now. And I feel like this does. Yeah. And I think it transitions the story exactly from where we left off where I don't feel like later seasons of this show do that because i think next season is almost I'm just entirely like focused waiting on for it to fall uh, like, off and... no it's like i'm pretty sure it's the next season that's like almost entirely focused on them being in space with the phoenix and i, I know that at that point like that's its own storyline but it probably will not connect to this i don't know maybe it does because mr sinister is involved and he's obsessed with gene i guess we'll so, see like... i mean this is another short season this one is also only 13 episodes so right but then season three is like a ton of episodes so that'll be i don't weird. remember who the big bad of if the fourth I don't, I don't know why I'm blanking. I know the fifth season. The fifth season does not have one at all. Well, I guess we'll find out. We will. We'll get there. But I give it five X's. I do too. Okay. Time for plugs. All right. I'm plugging. I'm plugging like a fucking plug it up. in an outlet. Uh, <laughs> so obviously <laughs> you can send us reader mail at themutantages at gmail.com. And it's also awesome if you want to leave us an iTunes review because we're on iTunes and subscribe and everything. It's how people find our show. If you leave a review or a five star rating, you can leave a review on SoundCloud too. Yeah. And we're on Twitter. We're at the Mutant Ages on Twitter. And we're individually on Twitter. I'm at Minnie Myers. And I'm at Ryan Pagella. And you can follow our, all of our main stuff at Atomic Blue Productions, which is our big umbrella company to all of our fucking weird productions that we make yeah, including like, like let's watch two movies and yeah. all that shit but and we Warcraft have valley and also yep. all of our youtube videos which we've referred to some of which are us watching videos that we made when we were 15 years old where we pretend to be the x-men and some of which are like newer videos where we edit together bits and pieces of the x-men and cartoons we to, to this be show evil characters. or we we're pretend to be pretending. resident evil characters that's also something that you could watch there's a lot of fun youtube videos that you should probably yeah, check basically out if you want to see any like fun youtube videos with all of us you can and if you want to listen to podcasts you can go to our website and kind of just explore what you want from there mm-hmm. so yeah 
And also, we have a Patreon. We do. You can give us money to keep making whatever weird shit we want to make and also pay for the hosting fees for this show. And that's really and the, cool. And the additional shows that we seem to be planning to make and also are making. So that really helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's patreon.com slash Atomic Blue Productions. And yep. we really appreciate all of your support. It's pretty cool. If everybody throws us a buck, like just one buck, it like really helps us out. Yeah, so. we'll finally be able to clone Mr. Sinister thousands of times. I mean, maybe we'll clone him like we'll be able to clone a thumb of his a thousand <laughs> times. I, I don't know. I don't know where I was going <laughs> with that. Anyway, I need, uh, a, I need a Wolverine clone because clearly I keep on at the end of these episodes being like, if you look like Wolverine, and yeah, if you like are every time we end the episode by being like, tweet at me saying that you are like Wolverine, and I will date you. But clearly, maybe you could just fund us on Patreon so I can make a clone of Wolverine. Probably more plausible. I don't know. I think that would be like a pretty high backer level for us to get a clone. Oh my of Wolverine. god! Always <laughs> that like the thousand dollar level. You get to clone Wolverine, like yeah, yeah. We we gotta we gotta brush up those rewards to include clones of Wolverine in there. I think we get a lot of backers if we could include that. Well, we'll, cons- we'll consider that. What if they want like Gambit or Storm? It could be an X Men clone of your choice. I feel like that's that's just so much work for us. It's got to be it's Wolverine Mr. or Sinister. nothing. It's Batman. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so we did it. That was probably the shortest plug section we've ever done. We did, and hopefully by the time we return to the next episode, I'll have a normal voice back, because the past episode, this episode and the last one, it's been gone, because I've been screaming in a haunted house. You Guys, sound I pretty like Halloween. good. Also, hopefully by next time, Skype will actually work. Guys. Oh my god. We didn't even mention that, that we were we doing this We didn't even like, mention that, but right we now. had like serious issues recording this episode, this is like so a please, th- oh my god. please be grateful that it's come out, because we had such a time. To That's anybody That's that used I'm to listen say. to Insomniacs in the morning, it was like our, our old trouble show. getting that started with Google Hangouts, but with Skype instead. It was it like was, a thousand times worse than anything we've ever experienced It was haunted like Unfriended. Before. It was fucking some fucking scary Halloween shit. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> Thank you. And we'll... Thank you for enjoying this show. See you, see you next, next time. time. See you next time. <laughs> at atomicblueproductions.com or support us at patreon.com slash atomicblueproductions.